It's the year of the vacant offensive coordinator position. A number of teams around the league still trying to find theirs. The New England Patriots have hired Bill O'Brien as the new offensive coordinator on this Twitter Tuesday mailbag episode. All that and so much more. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at PD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Those are the Twitter handles that all of today's mailbag questions came from. Getting back into our postseason, offseason Twitter Tuesday model here. So uh, usually every Tuesday you can hit us with your questions and we will jump into the mailbag and talk about whatever you want around the league. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is presented by FanDuel. Official sports book of the NFL and now the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So I think that whatever 2022 season, Matt, whatever that was in New England. Yeah. They realized, okay, let's not do that anymore. And they got a real OC back. Uh, Bill O'Brien, former Pat's assistant now back with Bill Belichick and the Patriots, Bill O'Brien, the new offensive coordinator of the new England Patriots. Um, is this enough to turn around? What was a pretty ugly season for the Pats? I think this is huge to be honest with you. I mean, so Bill O'Brien really made his bones in the Patriot organization when they were in their heyday, uh, coordinating and working with Brady and Gronk and winning a bunch of games and getting a bunch of rings and all that stuff. Then this guy, goes to Penn State as the head coach. You know, great job, sure. But he had to follow Joe Paterno, who was there, who was there for like 50-some years. Like, And I everything the, else that happened right? Paterno, that was that Right. Was That's a, a crazy job. time. That's right. a crazy job. And not only you feel, you know, following the biggest legend since, you know, Bear Bryant, but all the craziness that went on. And then he did quite well goes to Houston, and I don't think he's, like, the warmest, fuzziest, most likable fellow in the world, you know, by all accounts. But he took that Texans team with, like, Matt Schaub and Fitzpatrick, and I don't even have the list of quarterbacks. It wasn't Deshaun Watson in his heyday type of thing. It was J.J. Watt winning Defensive Player of the Year and him getting the Texans to the playoffs with, like, nine wins every year. They'd sneak in, win a bad division, I think there's something to be said for that. And then the wheels fall off in Houston. I mean, not because he left, you know, but the, the Watson stuff happened, yeah. the crazy trade for David Johnson and Hopkins, and maybe he got too much power. But before the last year or two in Houston, this guy's got it going on. And you put him back in the OC job to get Mac Jones on track, maybe get him one more receiver. I think that's a great thing for the Patriots. Oh, it's huge for the Patriots. I mean, they obviously yeah. had to do it, and they kind of obviously had to do it last year. And I don't know why <laughs> they did. So long, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so maybe getting back on track there, and Bill Belichick coming to his senses. And I, I don't know what the I haven't seen anything about Joe Judge or Patricia getting fired. Are they going yeah, back yeah. to the jobs they should have had in the first place? I'm not sure, but maybe a restructuring there because that's a lot of good coaches. They just were in the wrong jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I'm totally speculating here, 
but maybe a year ago, O'Brien was holding out for another head job or needed a year off. And, hey, I'm still getting paid. I'm going to the beach for a year. You know, whatever. I would never. He was in. Uh, he was at. He was in college, wasn't he? That Last I don't year. know. I think you're right. He, was he, he the Bama was, OC or something Bama, like yeah, that? He yeah, he was the a Bama OC, OC yeah. which is right, also right. a great stepping stone job as yeah. well. And the Saban Belichick connection. So, yeah. But he might have been double dipping. Because you can't, the been, offsets right. don't allow you to double dip if you get the NFL job, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure exactly how that works, but yeah, I think he's pretty financially set either yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> All those coaches that get, yeah, don't ever feel bad for those coaches that get paid to be a head coach to not work. That's, that's, oh. a pretty, that's probably, that's a better gig than being a head coach. I always come back to David Cauley because I got to meet Cauley a little bit because he was a wide receiver coach here at the Steelers. And I'm like, I mean, really nice guy, good coach. But I was shocked that he got the Texans job two years ago. And I think everyone in the world was like, who's this dude? And then he gets fired after one year. But he yeah. could have just gone straight to the beach after that and oh, just chilled. He, you know, right. Re- he made the same amount of money he would have made in the rest of his career if he would have just stayed wide receivers. Coach. Right. Exactly. You know, so and doesn't have to work for it anymore. Maybe he'll never I mean, be a head guy, but that's a good way yeah. to go out. Now, that so, I, think about it, I think the offsets don't matter unless you get a new head coach job. But anyway, that. that's, okay. that's beyond the point. The 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 Patriots found a, a legitimate offensive coordinator, so that that's huge for them. Huge, yeah. I mean, I think it's great for Mac Jones. Good for the whole group. Um, I would imagine he's got the cachet that Belichick's not going to be breathing down his throat all the time. You know, down his neck all the time. You handle that side of the ball. I'll handle the defense, and I'll czar up as I always do the rest of the organization. But BP, I mean, there's still <laughs> a crazy amount of OC jobs open. Hold on. What if the Patriots now traded for DeAndre Hopkins? I've heard those rumors already. After sense. Bill O'Brien traded him away. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe there's a hard feeling there. <laughs> Maybe Throws he Johnson learned Johnson in the mix, too. Yeah. But, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad landing spot for him. That's but, a perfect spot, right? Yeah. Who knows? So, I had heard this on another podcast that I was listening to this morning before the Pats hiring, and they were saying – that there's eight offensive coordinator jobs open in addition to ones like the Texans that don't have a head coach. And you and I came up with six names, the Ravens, Jets, Chargers, Rams, Commanders, and Bucks. I have a feeling I'm missing one, but whatever. There's a ton of them open. There's like a quarter of the league doesn't have an offensive coordinator and even more if you count the head coaches. I think that's bonkers. That's a third of the league at least. And and one of those jobs yesterday was still open. Uh, now Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Uh, there's a, there's numerous takeaways there. I can't remember a time when there was that many offensive coordinator positions that were open. Right. Third of the league doesn't know who's going to coordinate their offense. And it makes sense for those teams that don't have a head coach yet. But what, what are they waiting for right now? They can't all be waiting for the teams that are still playing. And the other thing that points out to me is this is one of the big reasons why if you're ownership or you're a GM and you're hiring a head coach, you might want to hire an offensive guy because most of the teams you listed there have defensive head coaches, and they're trying to figure out who's going to run the other side of the ball. So I have a couple of theories, takeaways, just first impressions of why. Is First off, is there really that many unbelievable offensive minds on the Niners, Eagles, Bengals, and Chiefs that the world is waiting for? I bet not. I mean, I don't think that there's 10 of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the 49ers, players. offensive coordinator got poached last got- year. Right. So he's going to go like, first year quarterbacks coach Brian Greasy and let him call plays for you because he's the <laughs> next guy up in that system, right. I think. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think. I mean, maybe Bieniemy's going to get a job, but a lot of those guys are OCs. I mean, or I mean, are all the quarterback coaches or special assistants going to get head or OC jobs? I doubt it. So and most of yeah. them don't call plays or haven't called. Right, plays right. Andy Reid's calling the plays. You know, right. I mean, I think that's hurt Bieniemy over the years. So it seems like there's a shortage of good OCs right now, and there's there's more demand than supply possibly. But I also had this theory too that. I think everybody knows or anyone that plays fantasy football realizes scoring was down this year across the, across the league dramatically. The owners just not care about that and say, hey, our offense is worse this year than last year. Get rid of the OC, you know, as opposed to our offense is just as good when you compare it to the rest of the league because the league's down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And there it's also a scapegoat situation where the right. head coach and the GM get together and like, like, well, it's not because of how the team was head coached and it's not because of how the roster was put together. It couldn't be us. Let's fire the offensive coordinator. My hunch is Tampa, especially the um, chargers ownership went to them and said, either you're getting rid of the offensive staff or you're all going, you know, you're, you're we'll give you one more year. Just, and something's got to happen. And so yeah. this is definitely scapegoat season in January. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, this just seems unusual to me. I mean, I always know late January, there's a lot of movement, but there's a lot of coordinator jobs as well as head jobs. That- uh, can you name, can you name 10 really good offensive coordinator candidates? No. <laughs> I mean, that's a really hard thing to do anyways. I hate that hard, part anyway, of my I job. Can, I can but barely still. name three. And most of the I ones know. are the ones that, you know, might've gotten fired. I know. And Oh, we always bring things back to our team. I've been asked 8,000 times, why did Matt Canada not get fired? And I have no justification for it because I would have fired him the day the season ended, but maybe that's part of it. Maybe the Steelers are looking around the league going, there's no, there's nobody out there that's greater right now. Let's just run it back and do something different. I don't know. I'm just kind of spitballing here. Byron Leftwich is an interesting one because he was, he had some head coach heat last off season, didn't he? I know. And he's been linked to the Steelers heavily because he played here. Tomlin loves him. And I told many Steeler fans, be careful what you wish for there. Like if it was one year ago and you said Leftwich is coming to the Steelers, I'd be like, Ooh, he, you know, he turned down the Jags head job. You know, he didn't want to take over the Urban Meyer Mets. He could still be in the playoffs possibly. But I thought he was abysmal for the Bucs this year. Like they were the least explosive offense in the league and the worst running team in the league. And I can't just blame injuries for that. I mean, I think the the Arians' influence leaving town hurt the Bucks a lot. Does this make you want to hire a play-calling offensive head coach, Matt? That's what I'm kind of thinking, too. Right. If I'm Houston or the Colts or whomever, insert empty head job here, do I want to go steal a good OC and make him the head guy and go from there? Or does it make Sean Payton that much more attractive? You know what I mean? That can do the whole thing. I just think it's all very interesting right now. Right. And and clearly a lot easier to go hire a defensive coordinator than an offensive coordinator. Yes. Yes. Getting into the mailbag next, there's some questions about offenses and how those are led and what's happening with those. Tons of good questions here and uh, maybe some other landing spots for some big name quarterbacks that we did not hit last week when we were talking about the quarterback carousel that is the 2023 offseason upcoming next really excited about our new betting partner for the locked on podcast network because they are the number one sports book in america that's right the newest sponsor of locked on and peacock and williamson fan duel you can go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up 
today. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. And all you have to do to get that free bets, that's $150 of free bets when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from you know, money lines, point spreads, and of course, all of the spreads we're going to be covering here on the podcast when we talk about the championship Sunday games and the Super Bowl. Those point spreads and, and props are coming from FanDuel. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays. It's a super easy website to navigate and find the bets you want to make and find the props and find your parlay maker and make your own game day parlay if you'd like to. So football fans, do not miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets at FanDuel. Win or lose, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL and now the locked on podcast network. All right, let's get back into this mailbag here. So just a little callback to a past episode last week, Matt, we took a look at what's going on around the league and a lot of quarterback movement. It seemed like mm-hmm. a season where there'd been so much quarterback movement recently that this would be an off season where there wouldn't be a lot. And now the closer we get to it, the more that there could be a lot of major movement, yeah. including quarterbacks like, Lamar Jackson is a massive fish right there out on the market. And the franchise tag is incoming, it looks like, for sure, unless the, the Ravens and, and Lamar can, can get something done here. Now that the, their season is officially over, those kind of talks can, can happen a little bit hastier, and they can figure that stuff out. But we talked about a few landing spots that we liked for Lamar Jackson, and David noticed that we dismissed the Atlanta Falcons immediately. And they were a team that's been linked to Lamar, and it didn't seem to make a lot of sense. And David says, I don't know if it's a good move, but Lamar with big athletic freaks like London and Pitts, who both are good and easy to find in a scramble drill in Smith's offense. Uh, David seems to like that idea. And and maybe that's just what the Atlanta Falcons need. Matt, what are your thoughts with Lamar Jackson and the Falcons? Because it's something that we didn't really consider because it didn't seem like the right fit at the time. But I do buy the idea that London and Pitts could be really dynamic receivers for Lamar Jackson. Maybe that is a fantastic fit. Yeah, we did dismiss it too early, to be honest with you. And people might remember a couple months ago, I mean, this was a while ago. This was like when Lamar got hurt. I had said some people told me, don't be shocked if Lamar ends up in the NFC South. And the two teams that kept getting brought up to me from several different to my sources, not that I break a lot of news, were the Panthers and Falcons. And I kind of thought Atlanta's a much more, or Carolina's a much more aggressive ownership. You know, they've been searching for a quarterback forever they would probably be the front runner. And I kind of brushed Atlanta off. I probably shouldn't have, though. I mean, I think that's a really good fit. What would it cost? I mean, I'm sure your first-round pick is absolutely involved and more and more. I mean, much. It probably two first. You you mentioned this on Twitter, which I thought was a great comeback, was would it involve Pitts or London? Well, yeah, that was my initial thought. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore would say, you know what? The Pitts and London would be a great fit in our offense as well. So why don't you, why don't you <laughs> yeah. add them to the package? So that's the hard part is what's left with a with a roster that needs a lot of help already. That's that's the, the main reason why I didn't think the Falcons were a good fit, just because of what you would have to give up. So now you have right. Lamar Jackson, maybe one of London and Pitts. I'd probably, I think, I think it would help Pitts more than anything. Um, 
See, I was thinking London because Baltimore has 8,000 tight ends on their roster already and no wide receivers. Well, that's what I meant. But I they're meant, almost the same player. I meant keeping Pitts. For, oh, like, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That would be the, the most natural fit because of mm-hmm. probably what Baltimore would ask for. And we've seen what a tight end can do for Lamar Jackson. And, and that would be a really, you know, all those dynasty owners that drafted Kyle Pitts would probably feel a lot better about that as well. Yeah, well, but, I have them everywhere. So you have so let's say London's part of the package, first round pick. I mean, it, they're going to ask for three. For, this this is a massive. They would ask for more than than what uh, the, like the Watson the type gave deal. up for. You know, more than Wilson. Right. Name the biggest trade recently. They Baltimore would be asking for more than that. And more so than Watson. Probably What's Watson's it? a jumping off point, Deshaun. Yeah, right. Yeah, like Watson, okay. Russell Wilson, those trades. It, yeah. It's multiple. They, they'd be asking for three first-round picks and second-round picks, and b- b- you're great players, right? So I would assume guys like London would probably be gone unless you're going into 2025 and all your second-round picks. And then, like, so basically, and you're paying the guy. So does Lamar want to go to a team that might not be ready to win immediately when he shows up, which I don't think they would be? because of everything they have to give up and how hard it would it be to build around your new star quarterback. If all you have is one, maybe you keep both of those pass catchers, but you give up other stuff to build the rest of your roster. That's the way that's the reason I don't like the fit. So, but a lot of it is where Lamar wants to play. If Lamar likes the Falcons and the Falcons like Lamar and they're willing to trade for him, then sure. See, I think that'd be a great fit. I mean, the more I think this through, you would immediately be the best team in that division, in my opinion. I mean, assuming Brady's not back. And, I mean, if you just dropped Lamar on the team as currently constructed, and I know that's not how the world works, but you would be a real contender because they run the football extremely well. I mean, the the fact that you could add such a good running quarterback into an already top six or seven run game in the league, I mean, to me, is very enticing. You didn't have pits for half the year. I think London's... I don't know if he's going to be a star, but he's going to be a really good player. And I just pulled it up, too. The As it stands right now on January 24th, the Bears are the only team right now that has more cap space than the Falcons. So if I can keep London and Pitts and just pay you in draft picks, maybe over the course of three years and not get too old too quick without any picks, I'm real interested. And, hey, if you want to, you want Ritter, or another young player somewhere that's not Pitts or, you know, London, I'm listening. You know, I mean, I think Lamar's accuracy is vastly underrated, but I love the idea of him throwing to massive catch radius guys that, oh, by the way, I I think they're both wide receivers. We can call them tight ends if you want. But as wide receivers go, are both really good blockers to spring him, you know, on long runs and things of that nature. So that offense, as currently constructed, throw Lamar in, and don't do anything else. Spend all your free agent money on defense. It'll be pretty damn good. I can buy it. I can buy it. You talked me into it. His speed in the dome. Oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that would be fantastic. My one one more question on the Falcons. Were they yeah. run were they did they have such a good run game because they were running the ball because they had to, or because that's the the identity of the team? Yes. Uh, I mean, they are voluminous to no end. But I also think their O-line has come a long way. Um, you know, he brings over the the Derrick Henry Tennessee scheme, which has been very useful, and a, a barrage of runners that all run hard. I think they had did it well because they had to, which is a feather in his coaching cap. 
But they threw a lot at you, too. Like, I really prepared for that team when the Steelers played. I'm like, man, this running game is not easy to prepare for. It's not just slam into a wall. I mean, they they offer quite a bit. Guys like Lindstrom have really come on at guard as well. Their receivers block. So, no, I think it's a real running game. Last question. Okay, we're putting our GM hats on. I am running the Baltimore Ravens. You are running the Atlanta Falcons. And you come calling. And you're serious. And I say, okay. But you got to include one of London or Pitts. And you'd probably first ask round this London, year, right? London and Pitts or Pitts, one of the two and first round next year, like it's still going to be super expensive. And we're going to take London from you. I'm probably still doing it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I still have a big time weapon. I could probably use a second round pick on a burner on the outside or whatever. I have cap space. I could go get the new Hopkins for a fifth round pick or something like that. I still have other options. I'd hate to do it. I don't want to break it up, but I'm still listening. Lamar's a game changer and he'd be on all my billboards and my owner would be happy. And, you know. Okay. How about this? Your first rounder this year, London, Ritter, and first rounder next year. I was going to offer you all that without the first rounder next year. Mm. What if we call that a second next year? If I'm the ball, if I'm the Ravens, I'd like to add Ritter, no matter what scheme I'm running. Yeah. He's not my answer, but I'd like to get him back. Right, it would be smart, and, and maybe the Ravens aren't in a good spot to draft that quarterback this year, see what you have, develop it up, and then mm-hmm. figure your quarterback situation out next year. It could be Ritter, Ritter and Brissett for them until and they figure knows? it out. I mean, Ritter, yeah, because Ritter would have – if Ritter becomes, a you know, whatever we think he probably would – or whatever I think he probably would come, which is uh, potentially uh, one of one of 32 starters in the maybe, NFL, yeah. right? Um, that's They're a better team immediately than they were with an injured Lamar Jackson who wasn't playing anyway. Right. I 100% agree and with that. Picks and yeah. So again, I'm Atlanta's GM, you're Baltimore's GM. And this is hard because going back to segment one, Baltimore doesn't have an offensive coordinator and I have no <laughs> clue what kind of offense they're going to try to play. You probably need to figure out who the quarterback is to decide that. Too. <laughs> well, that too. Is it going to be Lamar? Are they going to run? Are they actually throw the ball to wide receivers? But if I say you can have our early first, London, Ritter, next year's second, I think we're real close. I think it's close enough. I, I'd try yeah. to hold out for that first next year, but mm-hmm. that's yeah, because that I, I'd I'd want three first round values, which is why London first this year, first next year would be the ask. Mm-hmm. And Ritter yeah. doesn't quite Ritter. equal first to me, obviously. So right, right, he's a, he's third. To... He's just an extra piece there. And if you say no, we'll do the other three, but not Ritter. Then I would say fine. Next year, <laughs> Ritter, right, right, right. Ritter's not the important part, but you know, right, he, right, right, tends to be part of the deal. Yeah, I'm trying to make Ritter and next year's second equal first, where you're probably right. like, I want three firsts, not yeah. pieces that add up to a in first. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And they might be asking for three firsts and three seconds. You know, and three. Oh, firsts. right, right. They're asking for the moon for Lamar Jackson. That's what makes it tough for any team. They're gonna have to pony up a lot and then pay him as well. And then Carolina calls and says, "We'll give you four firsts." <laughs> right. Yeah. <but laughs> you know, thank you, you can have that yeah. one too. And DJ Moore and whoever you want, Brian Burns. Yeah. You know. All right. Next, there's another quarterback that we didn't talk much about in Seattle and some more Peacock and Williamson mailbag. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every single day. Make sure you're subscribed up to the Locked On NFL channel on YouTube. That is the home of Peacock and Williamson. And, of course, you can find Peacock and Williamson on all of your podcast platforms. There's a ton of other things on the YouTube channel, by the way, at Locked On NFL to uh, get you through your week, not only Peacock and Williamson Daily, you've got the Locked On NFL podcast, you've got NFL Key Predictions every Friday, and Monday local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes. 
Peacock and Williamson, Locked On NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go to Zach on Twitter, who says, nice discussion Thursday on potentially available quarterbacks in 2023, but never mentioned a QB who was by all metrics top 10 in 2022 free agent to be Geno Smith. Far from 100%, he'll be re-signed by Seattle. What do you predict happens with Geno, and is he good? Is Geno good, Matt? His historic accuracy is pretty darn impressive. And it wasn't, I'll put my average depth of target times accuracy chart that's not real scientific together at some point, but I'm sure he's at the top of the league because it's not all screens and throwing sideways. I mean, he made tough throws down the field and his A dot, I bet, is at least middle of the league. So that in itself has great value. I think you can win with him. I think he's more than just a placeholder, but he also, I don't want to say faltered, but slowed down as the year went along too. You know, I mean, he he, is, he was better the first half of the season than the second, but I didn't bring him and Daniel Jones up on purpose. And this was before the Giants got eliminated and Jones looked bad. I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion that those two go back to their respective teams in some way, shape or form. I... Yeah, Zach says it's not a 100% certainty that he resigns with Seattle, but it's about right. 98. I and think it's pretty high, yeah. I don't think any other team is going to value Geno Smith the same way and think of Geno Smith as an answer, despite the great season he's had, just because of right. you know the decade earlier, right, of, of, of what his career was. So I don't see a team valuing Geno Smith as much as Seattle, and thus I don't see the real opportunity for movement, even though he played so well. And what that's going to also do is keep Geno's price down enough to where it makes way too much for Seattle because they probably believe him and love what they saw from him. So I just I don't see how there's really much of a match for Geno Smith outside of Seattle that's as good, even close to a fit from both sides. Right. And hypothetical. The Lamar Atlanta trade happens and Brady goes to the Raiders. Like I can't imagine the Bucks and Ravens getting in this huge bidding war over Geno Smith. You know what I mean? Like, right. We'd settle I would say, for him. That'd be fine. That's but, kind of the thing. It's like every other team is probably looking at Geno's like, Hey, that was a nice year. We'll bring him in as a stopgap. Whereas Seattle's like, Oh, he might be an answer for us for a while. Yeah. Maybe at, at least another year. And it's just such an advantageous position for Seattle with those two first round picks is Okay. We really like Will Levis. And if he falls to us in that pick, we'll take him. If he doesn't, we won't, <laughs> you know, and we'll right. worry about it mm -hmm. next year, you know? Okay. You know, and we'll just take the best defensive lineman on the board or whatever, you know? So I think he's a Seahawk. I agree. We will. Uh, so talking about the Jaguars, this one from Steve, I, I will answer this question, Matt, because th this is a simple answer. He says, you said in your last pod, the Jaguars could be one player away. Is that player Brandon? Ayuk?" That's, I've seen a lot of folks uh, posit that Brandon. Why Ayuk is he going anywhere in the off season? It's because you have a lot of expensive players, a lot of stars mm -hmm. to pay. You're already paying one wide receiver. Can you pay another, you know, top wide receiver? Brandon yeah. Ayuk? And another team might, you know, give him more volume that he's seen with the 49ers and be a true wide receiver one somewhere else where he's not quite that on the 49ers. Although a lot of metrics pointing point to him being really good and maybe even underutilized. Uh, my response to that is simple, and it is probably no that Brandon Ayuk wouldn't be the Jaguars guy because I don't think Brandon Ayuk will necessarily be available. I guess if you're going to throw a crazy offer at the 49ers, mm -hmm. they would consider it. But the 49ers are in win now mode. And the way that the contracts are actually starting to line up, because now that we've seen the Debo deal, and it turned out to be a shorter deal, three years, Brandon Ayuk still has uh, another year and a fifth year option. So right. those two deals could sort of cross over to where 
once Brandon Ayuk does get that new contract, which doesn't have to be this offseason, probably next offseason, then the first year number can be low with a backloaded contract to keep Debo and Brandon Ayuk together for one more year than then Debo Samuel walks in free agency and you pay Brandon Ayuk. So I still think it's one offseason away from them having to make really any decisions. And if they want to keep both guys and do that and sort of Debo hands the, you know, the tens of millions of dollars baton off to Brandon Ayuk, then they can do it that way as well. So there's no imminent deals that need to happen this offseason because of the uh, because Ayuk's kind of two years behind Debo because Debo's a second rounder. Brandon Ayuk was drafted the year later, plus a fifth year option. So those two contracts can cross over and the cap's going up. Niners don't have to do anything, but I think the Niners will listen to offers on some players this off season. And since they don't have any draft picks in the, in the top 100, maybe they'll listen, but I, I just, I just doubt that he's the guy, especially with how valuable we've seen wide receivers are. And they've got a quarterback on a rookie contract, no matter if it's Purdy or Lance going forward. Yeah, a little to throw in there too. I mean, you laid it out well. And from a Niners perspective, I would agree 100%. The especially because they're a contender. You know, they're not trying to get rid of assets. They want to win this year and next. I mean, like the, the window is now. Right. Um, yes. and, and I like the spacing between the two expensive wide receivers. Um, like from fantasy world, if Ayuk went to another team, he would be on my fantasy team. Like I think his numbers would go through the roof. He's blocked a little bit in terms of production. Um, and but I want to just mention it quickly from a Jags perspective is don't forget Calvin Ridley's coming to the Jags next year. You know, so yeah. I mean, that's an easy guy to forget because we haven't seen him in a Jags uniform. I don't know that that's enough in terms of pass catchers, but I don't know the pass catchers are number one priority. Maybe throw a third round pick in the mix with the guys that they're paying, including Ridley. Um, and I did say the Jags might be a player away and. Frankly, I misspoke. I think they're an off-season away. I don't know that they're one guy away. You know, one more quality off-season, I think, would be, you know, uh, put the Jags right in the middle of things. Mr. Controversy wants to know if Zach Wilson should be given another real shot as his last one possibly ruined by a now-fired offensive coordinator in Mike LaFleur. Yes. But, you know, if I'm Team X... I'll give you a fourth round pick, take Zach off your hands, who, even though he's a rookie, is making some decent money as a second overall pick. We'll get him out of your room. I'll try to reconstruct him. But by no means am I saying that's my quarterback plan this year. You know, like if Carr leaves, I'm not saying, well, I'll send a fourth round pick for Wilson and he'll be my guy for the Raiders. I mean, at a minimum, it's going to be Wilson and Brissett, or you know what I mean? Something like that, uh, or better. I mean, I can't count on him, but I'll still roll the dice on him again. You you can't count on it at all, but at all. He'll, he'll be in camp. And if he be, is, turns out to be a guy, then he'll be a guy. So, mm -hmm. uh, and if a team comes calling, you'd probably be willing to trade him as well. So, um, if you know, if the cap stuff works out, I know high draft picks is really hard because there's dead money involved and, and all of those things. But, um, yeah, you, you, you definitely. He, he deserves a shot, but he's now just a guy competing. And depending on what else you bring in is, is how real that shot will be. What was the, before we went on the air, Peter King had a report that the jets are going to be very active at going for Aaron Rodgers. Is that Aaron what the report was? They'd be very interested in very open to trading for Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Yeah, you know, pretty vague report. I think that that's something that you could probably assume anyway, but Mm -hmm. Peter King probably talked to somebody who would be like, oh, yeah, if, if he was available, absolutely, we'd go after that. And Aaron Rodgers seems like he's the propaganda master, too. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Aaron Rodgers himself, he's like, hey, Peter, 
Yeah, right, right. They want me. Put this report out. That, you know, I wouldn't mind going to Big Apple to finish my career like Favre did. Well, put it this way. I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers and bring Michael Floor back than have Zach Wilson and whatever offensive coordinator they're going to sign. Yeah, agreed. You know, sure. All right. We had some questions about this upcoming weekend's games that we yeah, will answer carry over the next two days. At, yeah. At the end of the week, of course, we've got championship Sunday coming up. We do want to uh, take a look at some of those teams that were eliminated and, and what they need to do to get back to the playoffs and maybe get over the hump next year. We've got a fantastic guest coming up Thursday to talk Bengals and that matchup uh, against the chiefs in the championship game. James Rapine, one of the co-hosts of locked on Bengals, And of course we'll make our picks for championship Sunday as well on Friday's episode. So a ton upcoming, you want to be, Locked in here every single day to Peacock and Williamson. We really appreciate everybody making us your first listen. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.